everybody, and welcome to the Little Rock Games podcast called A Study in Games. Today we're going to be talking about a game called Monster Hunter World, which was my pick for this month, and I'm really excited to talk about it. And I am Olivia. I'm Robbie. I'm Tanner. I'm Brad. I'm Joe. And that's us. So today we're going to be talking about Monster Hunter World, which is one of my favorite games. Um, just to introduce the game a little bit first, it is a game that is developed by and published by Capcom, and interesting fun fact, it is their best-selling game of all time, which is pretty big deal, because Capcom's a really huge company. Sort of a big surprise for them, apparently, according to some of their PR stuff, but whatever. Um, it's a game about, it's called Monster Hunter, because it's a game about hunting monsters. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's a game series that's sort of famous for being a little bit obtuse and hard to get into, um, with lots and lots and lots of interlocking overlapping mechanics to learn. Um, so I'm really interested to hear what you guys thought about it. I know that you probably didn't get super into a lot of the mechanics because there's just so many. It's huge. Uh, especially because the, the DLC just came out. Iceborne yeah. did, which is what I was playing most of this month. Um, <laughs> and there's even new mechanics and stuff that I actually just am figuring out like this week from the DLC. But we're probably not going to talk about the DLC too much because I know that nobody else has really played it at all. Um, I, I only play the DLC. You or, or I pretty much DLC? only played the DLC. How? But I, because well, it just, when I put the disc in, it just said, hey, we got something for you. Are you sure? So you it's have ice... to beat the main campaign before oh, then, we'll let you start it. Oh, then no, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. So it reworks all the. It just has the main stuff. menu has okay, been yeah, featured, that's what I but it's that's not. I yeah. Okay. I was like, whoa, that's. <laughs> yeah, I beat the job, game. Brad. I beat the game, started over. <laughs> but I'm not that excited. The grapply grabber thing, part of the new yeah. So they added they added right. some new mechanics and new content that they gave to everybody, even people that didn't buy the DLC. So that was just for a balancing changes and stuff like that. They did kind of a paradox style update where they yeah gave away a lot of free features. And yeah, some of the DLC content. Um, yeah, this is actually the first time that they've done paid DLC for a Monster Hunter game. Um, but it's basically increased the size of the game by fifty percent. So wow. it was really incredible DLC. Um, but yeah, so what did you guys think about the main game, the amount that you played with it? No judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Only a little bit of judgment. Um, I liked it. Uh, in the past, I've tried to play Monster Hunter through demos, and I did not like it. But I think starting from the beginning and actually getting to see tutorials that sort of really guide you through it was really cool. I... I, the, when I started playing it, I was very concerned because <laughs> I felt like there were. It was a game that I was like I already felt like I was kind of struggling with getting a handle on it. But the more I played it, the more I, I really started loving it. Like it, it, it's a game that, at least from my experience, benefited from getting more further along. Like because the more comfortable I felt with the kind of base level of mechanics the more I started to enjoy all the aesthetics of it. And just, it's a really cool, like, fun world to be in. Um, and so, like, I also, I really, we, Olivia and I played a little bit of co-op together, and I thought that added a ton to my experience of it, like being with another person. That's pretty huge because you typically hate being with other yeah, people. Yeah, I do. We just I have do. this conversation. But I, but I, <laughs> I like being with people I know. 
Right. As long as no one else is allowed to join. <laughs> right. No yeah. strangers. Right. So that highlights well, actually two things that I'm really interested to hear you guys talk about because the reason one of the reasons that I think this game is so popular compared to the other monsters, especially in the US, is because it's like I said, it's historically a really obtuse series. Sort of the fans prided themselves on being able to figure out. It was sort of like Dark Souls in that mm. way, right? Like it was sort of the Lots challenge of, of having the perseverance to go through all the, of not having tutorials mm -hmm. and just having to. But this game has really taken a lot of steps to make it a lot more accessible. There's been so, and I'm not going to talk about the older games that much, but this game has added so many new quality of life improvements. It also brought it back to a main console, which has really helped it a lot, I think, because. The DS was really struggling to keep up with the stuff that they wanted to do with the game. Um, I remember when they added uh, monster mounting in Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, I believe. They added that. And it totally, like, it just, that game was so bogged down with just loading times and stuff because they tried to cram so much into a small space. So I'm really interested uh, because I like I just started the game. I just I skipped all the. I already knew how to play right because it was very much in a similar sort of game. I mean they added a lot, but I'm curious how newbie friendly it is for that way because it's really hard for me to take that filter down of like the database of knowledge I already have in my so brain. It was it was uh, kind of two sided with me. On the one hand, having all the tutorials was great. Because and they're they're pretty good tutorials. They're not all too long. They're they're uh, they hit all the major points pretty well. Um, and they I liked that they had little videos that you could play of the thing in action. That helps me a lot because I can't read very well. No. Um, <laughs> but the the flip side of that though is that there were so many of them and so much info that I was just like it was like cramming an encyclopedia's worth of of tutorial knowledge every time I did something. Like, every time I would walk up to a new person, it's like, okay, this is the person who sells you these things, and with these things, you can do this stuff, and this stuff lets you do this, and it's like three pages of that, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to remember any of that. <laughs> um, so it was, it, it was really well done that they did so many tutorials, but it was a whole lot of tutorials, so. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that kind of mirrors my experience. I think, like, after about three hours, I started to feel like, more comfortable like so i would start up a session i'd be like okay like i have some basic things down now mm -hmm. and and at that point that's when i really started to enjoy the just the experience mm -hmm. um because i for me that's the real selling point of the game is this really like vibrant ai designed environment where like ostensibly you're like hunting something or you're doing some activity but all these things that could happen are like independent of what it is you're trying to accomplish like yeah. there was one point where um it was the what's it called the pookie pookie the pookie pookie so i went on a mission where it took me a half an hour of my 50 minutes just to find the monster because <laughs> i was not very good at right. tracking yeah. things and the um like i accidentally wandered into like another like giant creature mm -hmm. uh, a jagris Jagress, Jagress. Was it yellow or was it pink? It was had a. It was it was giant. <laughs> it was the big giant. It said, "I'm giant," and it had like great, a big great Jagress. Yeah. Great, great, great <laughs> Jagress. Anyway, like it just showed up. Like I turned a corner and there it was. And then it got involved. And then it and the Pookie Pookie started fighting each other. And I was like, "What the?" And I'm not. I don't think that was designed to be part of my, like. 
right. little introductory sequence, but it was so fun to be like, oh my god, I just gotta hide now because <laughs> this crazy maelstrom is happening. And and so for me, once I got to a point where I could just enjoy that, it was like, wow, it's really like just a beautiful place to be. I, I contrast this with God of War, and it it had. A lot of the intricate button pressing super combos and that kind of thing and the putting all the weapons, getting all the right combos of your weapons exactly the way you want them to get the results out and, and get the moves that you want. And, on, and in, in uh, God of War, that was kind of overwhelming for me. In this, I could focus down a little bit because I was freed up to, to just wander around and test these things, right? And, and go into... I love the explore aspect. In fact, that might have been my favorite the part. Is just Yeah, just doing... And, just walking around looking for stuff. And the cool thing about that is that they've made it with Iceborne, they've added a new kind of expedition that mm -hmm. lets you go to all the different zones. There's this one zone that, like, connects them all. And random stuff... It, the goal is just to find the random stuff that shows up. And That's then cool. just see what... what you, and there's new stuff that can appear there. So the expeditions are really cool. That was probably the most satisfying part for me was just, yeah. uh, and and it part of it's what you were saying, Joe, of uh, going going out into the world and looking for something, and then just happening upon something that's like either a, a, a wow, this is awesome moment, or an oh crap, I, what yeah. am I going to do moment? Uh, a really a really nice uh, randomness that that felt good to that. Uh, it and that kind of leads into another thing. It it's it's a it's a small game and a big game at the same time. Like the little town that you're in is relatively tiny. There's it's the not... only town, also. Yeah, I mean, there's like eventually you unlock one other base that you never go to again, pretty much, and then the DLC adds a new town. All but... of the uh, all of the areas that you do expeditions on and things like that, and all of the fight areas, the hunting areas, are you know game wise relatively small, especially coming from a game like um, um, well, I mean even. Some of the places in God of War, and definitely the places in uh, uh, the Elder Scrolls Online, mm -hmm. those places are just so huge, and, and and the enormity of it. And this, you're in a relatively small sort of arena, uh, but they manage to make those small pocket spaces feel really, really big. And part of it was level. I think level design. Uh, a lot of the way things doubled back and the way things worked vertical, vertical space yep. uh, really did a lot to, to to make it just seem really huge. Vertical space is one of the things that I think makes Monster Hunter World better than a lot of the previous games. And actually, there's been a game that's come out since Monster Hunter World on the DS again, but it's like, like to me, like I do not want to go back to being so grounded and so not mm -hmm. being able to throw my clutch claw around and climb on stuff. And I just got so used to it. It's so much fun, right? Mm -hmm. And just being able to look up and see this giant like tree that just goes and you yeah. can walk all the way up through the branches. That was that's one really cool. Especially when you start fighting like big scary monsters that fly around and they'll fly up through the branches and, and it's really, really satisfying. Mm -hmm. um, especially because later on, did any of you guys get to any of the other maps? I did. Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, there's the ancient forest, which is where the first one you show. You eventually unlock the wild spire waste, which yep. is like a desert. I was there. Yep. We did get there. Um, the coral highlands, which to me is one of the most interestingly designed game spaces, I like ecologically speaking, like fantasy spaces I've ever seen in my oh, wow. entire life. It's essentially like the... Um, 
it picture like a coral reef without any water. It's like an outdoor space, and it's it's like a fungus and spores, oh, and but nice. it looks like a coral reef, and there's stuff, and it's beautiful. And then there's the Rotten Vale, which is um, it's just a giant pit of gore, essentially, and there's like tunnels and. It's I saw dark. videos of people playing uh-huh. in that. Yeah. Um, and because um, a lot of the plot of the game is like discovering these places and trying to figure out like why does this exist within the ecosystem and stuff mm. like that. Um, it doesn't actually make any logical <laughs> sense, but I like it anyway. Um, and then you know, there's a few other areas too. So um, the ancient forest is one of the biggest ones, but the other ones are all really cool. And and there's also you know we have to pay attention to things like. Um, this monster shows up here more often than here, and some of them can only be in certain areas and, and things like that. So they definitely pay attention to the level design and sort of the way it fits into the world. And all it's constantly, all of them are super focused on the, the different uh, verticality of the levels. So having played it for as long as you have, things like the the uh, trap uh, capturing the animals is that has that always been a thing? Uh, it has been or? for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Because I couldn't tell which which things were new with this, mm-hmm. like the claw thing. The uh, claw thing's cl- totally new. Okay, yeah. I, I thought that it was, but I couldn't tell uh, just because I was so new at it. The slinger, too. The being able to throw rocks and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's one thing about this game that I... So they give you so many tools, and it's... Partially, I feel like I, I love it because it gives me, like, you know, so many different ways to accomplish a task and so many different ways to deal with monsters that are difficult in a very specific way. Um, but even I got a really overwhelmed with a lot of the new stuff. So it took me, it, like, I'm at the point now to where I use everything without really thinking about it, right? Like, I just know. But when I first started playing the game, I remember stuff like the mantles and things like that. Like, I don't know if you got to where you unlock those. They're essentially cloaks that you can equip that do specific things, like make you invisible or distract a monster, things like that. I saw those in videos, too. Uh-huh. Um, and stuff like that. And there's just so many tools. And on one hand, it's it can be frustrating to have so many things to just have to learn how to use, mm. but... I find it really satisfying to use the right tool for the right thing. Stuff like when I know I'm about to hunt a Girotodus and it, I know that it lives in the mud, I'm going to bring my waterproof mantle so that I don't trip and fall in the mud and I don't have to deal with that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's a really satisfying thing about that game loop is meeting a challenge, figuring out what's hard about it, and then finding the tool to make it easier so you can get past I could tell that... that there's so many tools and so many ways to use, so many ways to approach a strategy that I, I just I feel like it's something that I could go go back to to discover a little bit at a time and then focus on that for a while and then learn how to use this weapon for a while and learn how to you know uh, do these specific strategies. I didn't do a lot of different weapons. I used the that's very normal. The, yeah. the was it is it uh, the glaive? The insect glaive. The insect glaive, which was kind of cool. And I'm still not sure I was doing the insect thing right. Um, it's definitely not super intuitive. Yeah, it was. Uh, first of all, remembering the controls for it took me a while. But then when I finally did that, I I wasn't. Sh- it was the one I was using. I think was supposed to heal me, and I wasn't quite sure whether it was or if I had to be in a certain spot to make it. Or, but it was still cool. Yeah, I could sit here and explain it to you, but I'm no. trying to restrain <laughs> yeah. myself. I'll I'll figure it out one day. But I mean, I I have about eighty hours in it, and I started playing uh, when it came out with you, mm-hmm. and we were kind of like splitting a PlayStation uh, <laughs> most of the time. So Olivia has more hours than I do, 
but I mean, I've I haven't even unlocked all the equipment or fought all the monsters. I think I beat the game, like the storyline. Uh, but there's still tons of content I haven't done, and I think that that the, the sort of core game loop is just expertly crafted, right? Like um, they introduce a new monster to you, you go out, learn a little bit about it, track it down. You might have to fight it a couple times. Some of them are easier than others, but some of them are kind of roadblocks. Um, and then you get the new gear, and you get to reevaluate your equipment, and you start over again. Um, and I think if it was done wrong, that could easily feel super repetitive, um, but they generate a tremendous amount of content out of just like a couple steps that they just use again and again on some really well-designed maps. Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. So that's the thing that really struck me about the game is that I I would like absolutely agree it is an expertly crafted game loop. And it surprised me because it's also a completely transparent game loop. Mm-hmm. Completely like, transparent gonna, grind. Yeah, yeah, you're going to do this, and then you're going to get something better, and then you're going to go out, and you're going to do it again, and you're going to want to get something better. Um, and it like there are other games where as soon as I realize, oh, that's what I'm going to be doing, I completely lose interest. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm done. Personally, I have like pretty much a zero tolerance for most like grind-oriented right. gameplay. I'm just like, okay, I see what you're doing. I have no interest in doing this. For the next ten hours to right. progress to the next stage, to do it again. But, but there, yeah. yeah, but there are a few games where I mean, ultimately, lots of games are about grinding, and some of them just do it in a way where I can put up with it, or not even put up with it, but like I enjoy it. And this is a game where I enjoy it. I feel like the difference is that the the thing that you're doing to grind is where the fun is, right? Actually going on the hunts, actually being in the environments, and actually right. engaging in the fights. I feel like yeah. if they felt like like it was, I I feel like this is in my you might guess might disagree. I feel like this is um, partially why they don't include a health bar in the game for the monsters. Um, you can't ever see the monsters' health bars. You just have to sort of intuit how they're doing. And I feel like that that's just one element of it not feeling like a video game boss. Like it feels like yeah. a creature with AI that you're trying to pay attention to its movements yeah. and figure out what state it's in. If it had a health bar, it would feel like okay, I'm killing this boss and it would feel a little bit more game-like right well it's also i mean there are a bunch of interesting things i i absolutely agree i think part of it is that the monster's ai is much more interesting to me than most than most ais right yeah. so the way that that there are really different ways that each monster fight they have specific things they're good at and not good at and they, they the ai seems to leverage that really well and but I also like that they use like the full space. So like once I started to realize like this fight is not just going to happen here. Like this monster is going to take me all over the place mm-hmm. to try to like that to me was really interesting. And some of them also will do stuff like but, interact with the environments in yeah. unique ways. And... and then, but the other thing is that when you start when you think about it, there's there actually aren't any bosses in this game because there aren't any non bosses, right? So mm-hmm. there's no like little grindy. I'm going to kill some soldiers till I get to X. It's all there's no XP. No, exactly. There's no. It's just always a new, like high level fight, and I, I felt so satisfied after a couple of kills because it took such a long time. And normally in a game, I'd be like, "Oh come on, this thing's still not dead." But I was like, you know, it's such an engaging fight that by the time it's finally over and I've like beaten the thing down and it's run to its lair, and I'm like, "Okay, I got you. You're cornered. You can't go anywhere." And then you kill it, and you're like, 
I mean, it just was really, I, it was a really satisfying. You cry a little bit because you're a monster murderer. <laughs> exactly. Can I, yeah, we're not going to talk about the colonialist <laughs> plot or the. <laughs> Listen, you, you need to Look. get the wildlife out of the way, otherwise you Let's, can't build. So it's well, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I didn't play like through a lot of the game, and I don't have the baggage of knowing anything about the series at all. But from what I saw at the beginning, it didn't seem to have necessarily that bad of a message. I mean, the the fact is that when nature exists on its own, everything sorts itself out. And as soon as you introduce humans to a place... It causes a chain reaction. Right. And so there are now humans here. They want to live here. And so they're taking up space, and that pushes animals out. And so that means that now there's an overpopulation of these animals over here. And, I mean, you can argue whether or not they should want to live on that island anyway, but assuming that it's okay for humans to want to live in the world they occupy... Uh, you know, they want to live here, and these animals are causing a problem, and bigger than them, and they're trying to kill them. So and they're delicious, right? And 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 through a lot of it, it's like you know, hey, we ha- we're we want to thin the population over here, not because they're a threat to us, but because they're they're now encroaching on the territory of these creatures. And the like, plot does sort of take that angle. A little yeah, bit. it's sort of a stretch sometimes. Yeah. but uh, kind of a mixed I do message, appreciate but... it is a mixed message, but I do appreciate that the effort is put to acknowledge it. Also, like the the, the DLC is just a very thinly veiled climate change metaphor oh, okay. <laughs> about how like we came to this island and caused this disruption, and now and none of the the older people want to do anything about it, but the oh, new wow, leader wants cool. to come in and, and help co- fix the problem. I mean, yeah. so they're at least conscious of some but of the issues. I think but. it's interesting because this is one of the few games, in my opinion, that actively benefits from uh, less of an emphasis on, on story structure. So, I mean, there's a story that you're playing through, but to me, some of the weakest points of the game are the, the actual boss battles. Because there are a couple sections sure. where it's... It's like the, the the big molten volcano monster sure. is like the set piece that you were fighting and fighting on. Yeah. Um, and those were kind of weak to me. Those the big set piece fights. So uh, but the the sort of Sorry I'm doing my best great address impression. <laughs> the like the baseline, like there's a monster, we need to figure out why this is happening, so go figure something out about it and hunt it. That part to me, like that just thin layer of story motivation, um, actually works better. Because yeah. I'm not distracted by like the end goal, like you said, there's no boss typically that I'm like, like working to get to. I can sort of focus on each task as its own thing. Um, so I think that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. there there were a few mi- like I yeah I didn't I didn't want to like overstate. A lot of the missions are, or from what I saw anyway, a lot of the missions are. Hey, there's an overpopulation of this, yeah. and that that's causing this. But some of them really are just. Oh yeah, I've never seen that one before. We should investigate by hunting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which just seems, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't observe it. Yeah, yeah. They're like, why did all the monsters leave like the old world? Like we were murdering them all. Yeah. Why would they leave? And now they're coming here. We yeah. got to figure out what's going on. What the heck? <laughs> Let's follow them and keep murdering Stupid them. Yeah. Sort it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, but I also I I really like the um, the the kind of like research mechanic I found yeah. pretty enjoyable and it leveled up relatively quickly so I'd be like yeah. here's like a that's all totally new to this game yeah too, and that was really the, fun the scout like, flies are totally like new. I wanted to find more and more information and be like a pro and yeah. it made me think and I this may be something they do and I just had, didn't get to it but it kind of seemed cool like part of me wanted it to be like I could become an expert in like this particular monster 
And like, I'd be the go-to guy for like, like this guy really knows great Jagras. We're going to like, we need someone to do that. And because I like would have such a high research level in that particular monster, I'd be like the, the guy who could get it done. Yeah. Um, and it, that probably doesn't happen quite in that way, but it, it just got me thinking about how fun that idea of like mercenary, like essentially the, it felt to me like I was a mercenary. Like, I mean, I know you're officially like in the army, I guess. But it felt basically like I was hired to be a monster hunter. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it kind of felt cool, this idea that like over time I would get better and better at, at learning about particular kinds of monsters and then being really good at hunting them and killing them. And Because, uh, yeah, I mean, as your research level goes up, you do stuff like you can, if you look in your like, little guide, it'll show you like, okay, so these are the parts of the monster that will break when I hit it. This is where yeah. what I want to break if I want to get the specific item. This is where it's weak to these specific other elements, and yeah. these things are all very. I was nowhere specific. near good enough yeah. to hit them yeah. wherever I wanted to. Yeah, but I, I was just <laughs> flailing around. <laughs> I think Joe touched on one of my biggest critiques of the mm-hmm. game, and we talked about this a little bit last week, uh, and that's that the the sort of progression for unlocking new monsters is fairly linear, both in difficulty and like order in which you encounter them. So you really can't encounter that many monsters that are like like big surprises. Like, oh, I need to not mess with that because that is way out of my skill level right Usually now. Usually when you encounter it, you do, um, yeah. Yeah, because you, you sort of procedurally unlock different sections. And I, I think there would be a lot of benefit to the game having uh, like difficulty plateaus. So instead of always bringing like new monsters at you that are a little bit harder than before, sort of bringing you to a space that has like five or six new monsters and just being like, explore... Um, figure out what they do, hunt them, and, you know, sort of operate in this sort of, more of a sandbox mode, I guess. Yeah, there's, like, two plateau- plateaus like that in the storyline. There's, like, when you first find out about Elder Dragons, learning about them, and then there's, like, one more after that. Yeah. But I think it'd really benefit, um, because there's lots of really, they introduce a lot of really interesting monsters in very close succession to one another, and you basically only get to see them once, and then it moves on to the next thing. Right. And then when you get to the later, late-game stuff... You don't really have a reason to hunt them anymore because you have better gear that you have already Because the done. armor is also tiered, right? So, yeah. like, unless that has a, a very particular skill that you need, like, the monsters from the first, like, 15 hours of the game, you're never even going to think about them again unless mm. it's for, like, a specific quest that you can do. A specific um, quest or a specific weird build that you yeah. want to do. They, they do loop back over with the, like, alpha and beta armors that are all better than the lower tier armors. So, like, eventually you'll be like, oh, I could get the great Jagras armor again, but it's the worst armor of this new class of armors. So right, it's, right. It's kind of mixed there, but... But you're right, it does It does. It feel like there'd be a kind of fun kind of Jurassic Park thing hmm. that they could do with it, right? Where it's like, just set you loose on the island and have, <laughs> you know, like, you're going to run into this. You don't know what you're going to run into. That would be a very, very cool idea as well. I had the most fun with the uh, the expedition game mode. Where I'm like going out there, I don't have a time limit. Yeah, um, I'm just gathering yeah. resources, yep. gathering little, you know, tracking notes and capturing endemic life. Yeah, them. and seeing what yes. I run into. You know, so that the time limit. I think that's the biggest reason why I didn't enjoy all the demos I've played of Monster Hunter before. Yeah, because so it just throws you. It would throw you into an expedition. You can choose. You can choose to be any class. Like you still have access to all the different weapon types. But you would choose that, and then it would go, okay, go hunt this monster. And it always felt like, we just need to justify the existence of this new Monster Hunter game to people that already like Monster Hunter, mm-hmm. and not, let's try and get new people into the fold. Yeah. 
um, which is I think is a shame. Like they should probably add more tutorials, or at least the um, the thing that really helped me was that mode where you can just pick a weapon and then like train the with it. For, yeah, you yeah. can just sit there and like use it. That was so helpful to me. And it and, showed you the button combos and yeah, stuff. Like yeah, exactly. That. And then when I got into, you know, my first quest where there's like a time limit, I, I didn't even think about it. Like it wasn't even an issue. I had plenty of time to do what I needed to do. Um, yeah, the time limit. So I feel like that's a weird holdover yeah. from the older games. I don't, um, I know that the only thing I know about that 50 minute time window is that with the time scale of the game, that's 20, this is the equivalent of 24 hours. So okay. that's like dawn to dawn the next day. So because right. there is a day night cycle, it's just sort of slow. Um, but I really don't know that it adds much. Um, when you get to where you're doing investigations and stuff, so the investigations are essentially quests that are randomly generated, and they'll have a random. They'll give you extra rewards than you can normally get just from hunting the monster. Um, but they'll have sometimes different provisions about them. Like sometimes they'll have a shorter time limit. Sometimes you can only bring you can bring less people with you. Sometimes they'll just give you extra money or something. Um, sometimes you get less lives. But um. So in that sort of situation where you're, like, getting more reward for the harder quests, I get it. But, yeah, the 50-minute time limit's always been sort of strange. It, it reminds me of, like, the time, the 300-second time limit in Mario Brothers games. Like, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, if, if you're paying attention and just doing the level, you're going to finish well before it. And if it, and when just you, a stressor. Yeah. Right. And when you're getting excited and you're like, oh, this is a very cool level. I wonder what's over here. And then suddenly you hear the timeline, like, oh, yeah. I guess I got to stop having fun and run to the end. Especially yeah. early on, like yeah. we were talking about when like, I, I just walked into the ancient forest. That's just a cool, beautiful place. Yeah. And I'm exploring it. But because I'm taking the time to actually like engage with the space yeah. in the game, because of that, you didn't finish the quest. Yeah. And it was. Well, let's be honest. I, I got lost <laughs> in the ancient forest, and I made a circle of the root area yeah. probably six times, and I kept falling, and so then I'd be like up high, and then I'd be down in the same valley I'd been in six times. So it was kind of you to say that I was, I was exploring some, yes. but I was also You were taking lost. the scenic route. I was. And then I took a little nap. Exploring the gravity mechanic. <laughs> I was. And actually, what there was this crazy, you guys probably all, there's, so there's this guy who stands in the middle of the ancient forest who's got like a marker who warns you. The first Wyverian? Yes, that guy. And... I like I wanted so badly to get to where he was standing, so I spent about ten minutes trying to do that. Also, <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, see, the, I think I'm just affirming the point you were making, Robbie. That like, I I like doing that stuff. I mean, I I, I don't love getting lost, but sometimes I like. Well, I got lost, but now I'm sort of learning the ropes of how this thing is set up. For me, the downside was that I finally got into the monster fight. I spent almost twenty minutes in a monster fight that I was pretty close to finishing when the timer ran out and then it was all mm-hmm. sort of taken away. And so that's tough because then you're just like, oh man, now I've got to... Yeah. Because yeah. I think and it's I... worth considering like what the intention is behind the time limit. Yeah. Right? Like what, what are they trying to get the player to feel by saying, okay, yeah, 50 minutes to hunt this monster. Urgency? What, I, yeah, I think part of it is you run into that problem like in Skyrim yeah. where it's like, the world is ending. Oh, but I want to farm this thing for a while. <laughs> yeah, right, so right. I think it, it makes you right. like, well, no, this is your task, so mm-hmm. do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, I, th- I think it runs into a similar problem that you described with like Super Mario, right? Like right. if I have any inkling of what I'm doing, like 
I can usually broken. fight the monster in like 15 minutes. I mean, yeah. even even in like the really high level stuff, like arch-tempered elder dragons, I've never ran a time limit out on. I will definitely die three times before that happens. And, then, and do you really want to fight it for 50 minutes straight? Like it seems like a much more likely restriction is just going to be running out of lives. Yeah. Um, at least in terms of engagement. Like I don't want to just hammer away on something. Right. For, yeah, and if an I did, hour. I want to be able to actually have that time go towards the extra 30 minutes more than it's going to take me to finish it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it is It is an, an interesting... I wondered if it was like a weird... Um, so there is there's a kind of in-game like narrative idea, right? That yeah, this is the thing. But I also kind of wondered if it wasn't potentially a reaction to like people who would spend fifteen hours straight playing a game mm-hmm. if they didn't get reminded every so often that yeah. you know like that there's but a kind there's of expeditions that they can no, 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 yeah, yeah. I just so. but that was just a thought I had, like like some of the ways that games have tried to cope with Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was playing something recently that every so often up in the corner it would say You've been playing now for an hour, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it would say you've been playing now for two hours. Like it would give you these little gentle. I can't think what game it was, but it would give me little reminders that I had been. I really I hadn't done anything else. Loser for, for your life. <laughs> like you should <laughs> check on your kids. Yeah. You should eat. Like yeah. you should. Yeah. And so that was the only thing. When's that made, the last time you went to the bathroom? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Don't and die. I really think it's a holdover from the okay. older. Like the more I think, I think about right. it, I don't think it adds a whole lot, and I think it's just there because it has been there in the other games. And there's probably, if I really sat down and thought about it, other mechanics in the game that are like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like they did a really good job of updating everything, but I wonder if there's stuff so, that's just there because somebody that was more snooty than me and was a big fan of the game was like, well, the old games had this, so this one isn't a real mm-hmm. Monster Hunter game. Right. Yeah. So that might be part of what I find interesting about the charm of the game is that uh, there's a lot of it that... There's a lot of it where they, it feels like they're trying to give you a certain experience and have you feel like a monster hunter and feel like a badass. And you feel that way a lot. Um, I don't, like when you're like swinging on vines and when you're, you know, tracking something and you, and you, it's really hardcore in the sense that you got to know what your weapons do and what they can't do and when to use them and when not. But then things like the, like the climbing animation feel like aggressively like hey you're in a video game and you're yeah. just kind of like i don't know moving like a spider and then like there there's just parts where it's just like wow this is just this is like it's it's a video game and it's not even trying to hide there's it there's no fall damage right like there's no thing. there's no fall damage like and then there's some other weird like just the climbing in particular felt very video gamey mm-hmm. to me like especially when you do the, the thing climb. where you'll you'll grab the thing yeah. and throw yeah. it up yeah and then yeah and then you like fly that, away yeah on that, other on times it. climbing climbing actually other times was weirdly clumsy like yeah like there were times when i would run up to vines and i'd be like there's a very specific way that you, if you press the wrong button you'll jump off yeah you'll, yeah uh, i was yeah. like i would at certain vines i would just be doing like a rolling tumble for a while yeah. until i got like <laughs> I the, the heavy bowgun which has a pretty long like you know, unequipped animation. Yeah. So then I would mess up and then I would like pull it out again. Uh, like yeah, try yeah. And I'm I like, just, I just gotta climb this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But and, <laughs> and it feels like if it's it's weird that they didn't try to like polish away any of that. But I also mm-hmm. sort of recognize that I wonder if if they did that, it might feel like it wasn't like the previous Monster Hunter games. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. a lot there of that's little pro- things like that that they were like. I know that. I mean, obviously, there's lots of like sound effects and stuff that they've kept the same and. But yeah, I wonder if it's like a moment, like, because how did, um, I'm actually curious, what did you guys think about the combat in general? Because one thing I always really liked about it is it's very grounded. 
Like, of course, you're wielding, like, five-foot-long swords, <laughs> but they feel like they're heavy when you yeah. swing them, and it is, like, a little freeze frame whenever mm-hmm. they impact and things like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can't... Some weapons, they're so big, when you pull them out, you can't walk very fast or you can't roll. And it always felt like it... Because I came... When I first started playing Monster Hunter, I the only other similar... Like, only other, like, third-person games I played was, like, Kingdom Hearts or something, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, you just press the button a hundred times and your <laughs> attack, character attack, flips attack. through the air, yeah. right? And so it totally blew my mind. Like, when I first played it, I thought it was the most realistic game that would ever be made <laughs> and that there would never be anything better than the game, and it was just incredible. Um, but, you know, but that game, it was, like... There's a giant field with like one tree and one rock and then the monster <laughs> yeah. on the other side. But but if you crouched, it would lose sight of you and that was like totally blue. Yeah. Anyway. Um I think I think yeah. the monsters themselves are a big part of that. So I, I think there are a lot of flaws in the character animations. Like there there are definitely some smart decisions, like like there's no reason for fall damage to be in the game. You should never die from falling off a cliff because a monster like knocked you over. Um, or you jumped off of something. That's boring. You should die because the monster killed you. Uh, but but the way they they utilize the environment, like they are stepping on the environment, and like when they run at you charging and they like plow into the dirt and it like shoots yeah. up into the air, that feels like intimidating and really scary. Yeah. And so when you get to like block that with your giant shield bow gun lance axe <laughs> thing, <laughs> uh, that feels awesome. And they sort of stumble back and they'll fall over and you can drop rocks on them. Uh-huh. So to me, like how how like tangible the monsters feel is a big part of it. Yeah. There there was a few times where the where I mean it just ended up reminding me, oh this is very much a video game. Mm-hmm. Where like the the pathfinding was a little weird, like like the monster ended up in a weird corner, um, and like it always behaves like really accurately, but because of the specific corner that space. it's yeah, yeah what, because of the specific corner that it's in, it's still acting naturally, but because like it's just like you would never act this way when you're backed up into a corner. Yeah. Why are you doing this? This yeah. feels weird. But then also the attack animations, like you always leap the same amount forward. You're always going to take the same well, amount. Unless you have evade extender. <laughs> well, no, but, but, but even then, you're always going to move yeah. then that space, mm-hmm. which a, a real person would never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even even if you've, you've practiced a martial art and you <laughs> always do this a certain way, uh, if, you know, moving your hand back would hit a wall, then you're not going to move it back that far or whatever. Or, or if the thing you're fighting is aggressively faster than you, you're probably going to not pull back as fast. So some of that stuff, I had to I had to just let go of, mm-hmm. and I had to just be okay with. No, this, this this is just it takes as as long as it takes, and that's just how this weapon works, and that's okay. And once you let go of that, that's then it's fine. But sometimes it does feel weird when it's like, well, the monster's right in front of you. There's no reason for you to jump 15 feet forward and and <laughs> slash and then miss like a, a real fighter would do that. But yeah, and I think some of that is. Uh definitely intentional for consistency yeah right like so that you know i mean because people get so into it that they they know like the the iframes right there's a lot of there's a big speed running community yeah like timing it to where you're attacking when the monster is exactly in this position Mm -hmm. so that they can't hit you so like that kind of in-depth like my attack's going to do the same thing every time it's going to go the same distance it's very important for a lot for a big portion of people like people that really are into the game um right and they're doing like the animation sequence does this at frame six. Yeah, yeah. It's, right. that's really common. <laughs> so, I yeah, yeah don't play. Well, that and yeah, so the the thing that that's kind of like I think 
mitigated that for me some is just that um like again i i found it so enjoyable so so he, another piece of this that i think i assume is obviously designed right is that in some games like if you shoot a monster it doesn't matter where you are or where the monster is or what part of the monster you hit all of those equate to the same amount of damage right mm-hmm. so like i could be shooting the monster in the toe from a like a crouch position and it does the, and i i really enjoyed that there were a lot of parts of the monster that were kind of independently designed. Like for me, that was really like, it was frustrating initially. Cause I'm like, wait, I, I've used hundreds of rounds of ammo on I this mean, thing's it gets, leg. It gets more complicated <laughs> too. Cause there's stuff like the, um, the Vasyoth that will like jump in the lava. And then while it's hot, it takes lots of damage. But once it cools, it turns into armor and yeah. it's less damage. And I think that That's stuff really is really, really And it enjoyable. actually depends on like, you actually, it's like, it's not just, Oh, it has armor now. So now it takes less damage. It's where there is the armor. That's yeah. where it takes and I think that's yeah really really Absolutely. enjoyable and and it it's again adds to that kind of lore of like you're you know you're a mercenary you're like the and knowing that information you're the pro like yeah so like if you throw and again I mean in that sense it matches a kind of real <laughs> world in which if you throw someone who doesn't know what they're doing into this situation it's entirely likely they'll die yeah right <laughs> but if you throw someone who knows all of the ins and outs of how this monster behaves like it feels much more filmic to me in that way like yeah. like Indiana Jones or um mm-hmm. or actually like not I wasn't gonna say Predator like what's a movie where you where you're like hunting something. Also, a weird comparison for me. It's not a movie, yeah. Um, but because they came up in the same uh, E three was The Witcher three in Monster Hunter World. Uh, they both got announced at the same time, yeah. And I mean, it's wildly different games. Yeah. But the core conceit is still like your professional monster. Hunt. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I played through The Witcher three first, and I was kind of. I mean, Olivia played a lot of the Monster Hunter games, but comparing those, like yeah. in The Witcher, you are already the master at that. Yeah. Like, you know, you know all the monsters' weaknesses and all the different, like, approaches and that kind of but thing. But the player does not. Yeah, the player does not. But Monster Hunter is still way more in-depth oh than, my like, God, The Witcher yeah. ever is. Oh, yeah. I mean, Witcher was way more a button mash game for me than yeah. than this could... Like, I mean, I still did that in this game. But, yeah. but no, I mean, Witcher, by, by the mid-game of Witcher, I, I just... Like, it was, like, sting, single shot... You know, and like the, the heavy attack, heavy attack, heavy attack. And I mean, it, especially so you played a bow gun, right? Almost I did. exclusively. A so, light, a light, a light, light bow gun. Bow gun. And, and so the thing is, is like each different weapon is like playing a totally different game. Yeah. So the information you need while playing a bow gun is different than the information I need when playing a gun lance, right? Yeah. Playing a gun lance, I need to know like where I can hit it with the pointy end without it bouncing off, because like weapons, if they're not sharp enough, will bounce off of and of, and break up your combos. Yeah. But with a with a Light bowgun or a bowgun in general, the most important thing is like what ammo you're using. What parts of this monster should I use this sort of ammo on versus this sort of ammo on? And it gets so there's so many so much variety there. They made a lot of mistakes with that. Yeah, it's it's a learning process, right? I wasted a lot of piercing ammo on on a monster that didn't have any benefit. It was like you have to piercing. You have to do it when it's long ways. Yeah, but that's that's like, another. If you continue to change. shoot it in the foot with piercing ammo, <laughs> it doesn't do any more than regular ammo. Yeah. It turns out. So I was like, but it's why a totally I... different. Like it really is a very different game if you're playing a different one. Yeah, so it's totally different. I, I like that aspect as we talked about before, and I like pretty much mentioned in every one of these. I I love that they got so much variety of, uh, at such a small scale of that. Like 
the the weapon that you use, the uh, the ammo that you use in the weapon, where you hit, your strategy for not for only doing what weapon it. type, but which specific one you're using yeah. will have its own quirk. Yeah, and 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 there's so much. Yeah, there's so much variety within just the individual uh, settings that you can put on a specific weapon, and, and all the upgrades and things that you can do. Um, it's it, just like kind of the tutorial system. It's really great and overwhelming at the same time, uh, and, and I, I think it's. A, a good pro for the game. Well, there's just an astounding amount of yeah. like content in the game. Is in 3D models, right? Like we tallied it, yeah. tallied it up one day. Huh. For each weapon, there's probably at least 150 variants with the new DLC. Wow. Just, and just visual, yeah. And those each have like unique stats and, and yeah. all of that. Uh, there's animation. Some 16 the... weapon categories. 14. 14. And that then goes such a long way. Every monster has sure. four to six variants of the armor. By the time you include like the regular version, the alpha and beta. Yeah, there's and, somewhere in the realm of 45 different monsters in the base game, and yeah. Iceborne added, I think, 22 new monsters. Yeah. And that's all just like the immediate like this is what I equip and this is what I, I hunt with, mm-hmm. and those are the monsters, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's not even kind of palico armor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that. I haven't said my one of my absolute favorite, the most fun that I've had in a game in a long, 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 long time. Um, was not even playing the game. It was creating the character in the very beginning. <laughs> my wife and I, so I was, uh, it, I was kind of, it was the end of a long day and I was tired, but I was being kind of punch drunk ridiculous kind of as I was creating this character. But we were cracking up. The Oh, and I still... Don't have pants armor. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing the sort of the never the, change the biker short uh, hot pants. Because uh, I, I remember from the very beginning of the game, if if you're when you don't have the armor on, and you're just wearing like the tank top or the vest thing that he's got, and uh, and his 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 tight bike shorts. Uh, he's there's one scene where the the ship is crashing. And you're following him as he's running up the ship because he's following his handler, and it's basically his butt's just right there in your face, back and forth. And oh my god, we were cracking up. At least it's equitable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I got the the longest eyelashes you can. I cranked the eyelash all the way up. My guy is gorgeous. Like, just <laughs> I just kind of want to hang out in the town all the time, <laughs> which is what everybody else does. <laughs> right, <pretty much. laughs> That's right. Um, but that God, we were laughing so hard at that, and then yeah, my my wife said we should just like make characters over and over again. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because one of my all-time favorite moments was <coughs> when the. Um, when the uh, canteen chef prepares, has his team prepare a meal for <laughs> yes. you. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I found that. The animation like, for that. Yeah, yeah, like I would try different meals. Well, and here's it's like a great thing, too. Food. So it's, it's like. So cool. Not even, So the actual, like, cutscene is so much fun. And it I is. love the muscular chef because all he does is chop the meat and then put the garnish right. on top and yeah. everyone else does all the work. All those little labor cats. <laughs> yeah. But just like, if you're just walking around in the town, like, there's they go through so many. So much pain, not so much pain, so many, so painstaking, painstaking detail. detail. What, what am I saying? <laughs> There's just every little person and every little palico in the camp has like a really, it's not just like they're doing like a looped animation over and over again. 
Like, they will do, like, especially in Iceborne added some new ones, but there's, like, a cat that just bakes bread. But it's not that yeah. he's just, like, picking up the things and putting it in the thing. He literally goes through every step yeah. of baking bread. And you can just sit here and watch him do that. Like, every little detail. <laughs> like, it's just a very mm-hmm. detailed game, especially in the yeah. main Again, those details go so, so far in making it feel, like, just just a, such a better experience. Because mm-hmm. think of all the other games. Even games um, Skyrim and things like that that I absolutely adore you just got that those those two guards that yeah, walk yeah. that do the same thing and they Arrow say the, the same knee. thing over and over and air to the knee yeah and even though i love that environment and that world and that story and and kind of inhabiting that it it you just ignore it it's it's not even window dressing anymore it's just something you just pass right by yeah. and uh this it's those details like that it's almost impossible to ignore just because it's so yeah so much going on a lot of it yeah i mean i just i don't know one of the things i've always loved about monster hunter was the really unique aesthetic of it um it Mm -hmm. does this weird sort of like it's hard to identify like what all cultures it's pulling (laughs) off of and to like create this world and and it's different in every game like you'll be in different towns that are in different parts of the world that this one's a little bit more japan inspired this one's a little bit more like mayan inspired like there's lots of different variations but the map markings all seem to be like mesoamerican yeah Yeah. it's a little bit yeah yeah, it's it's a really cool sort of hybrid culture thing that they've created and just seeing it in HD is just so I You can ask Tanner when it came when the trailer for Monster Hunter Worlds played at E3. They nobody they didn't announce it ahead of time. I literally started crying. Like I couldn't even look at it. I was crying. You should so watch it in four K. Oh, I can't. I don't think I could. Over at the lab. It's too much. I've only played it in four K. <laughs> yeah, it, it it that was one thing that I noticed too right off the bat is that there's all the different characters seem to be. Um, like anime versions of uh, <laughs> different different ethnicities, different just different looking people, all sorts of different looking people. And then also, there's no way to look at someone and then decide what are they going to sound like. Yeah. So like some people speak with French accents and they don't look like a stereotypically <laughs> French person. Yeah. Like it's it's really I don't know diverse and inclusive in that way. Now, does it. everyone get the same handler? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping that maybe we all got different No, um, That would be cool. Yeah. For some was... reason, a lot of the fan base of Monster Hunter absolutely hates the handler. Oh, really? I don't know why. I love her. But, yeah, everyone's <laughs> like, she's useless. Get rid of her. She's, yeah, she's so, she's just so, I like her little helmet and goggles. She's over You can get different outfits for her. Oh, yeah. Over enthusiastic. Yeah, she's just too, yeah, let's go do it. Kind of, I, um, I like characters. <laughs> All right, sure. It's a little bit anime. Like a lot of the characters are different anime archetypes, like yeah, the handler, yeah. like the commander, like right. the commander's son. Like they all sort yeah. of build their and own. Is that is the commander's son the one who goes out with you to different? Um, the guy I with the giant remember. bone sword. Probably. I think okay. so. Because I don't think because he's like yeah he's totally like a character from yeah. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Later in the game, you get like legendary, like you know, old blood hunters. Yeah, there's like there's the the guy whose name is the Hunter. Yeah, and yeah. that's his character's eye? name. You no, know, he wears his armor all the time. No one knows uh, what he looks like. And, right. Anyway, so awesome. it's it's a little, but it's it's fun. Um. So what are weapons did you guys use? I'm curious what ones you tried and what ones Light you tried with bow you. Gun. Yeah. I used Light. the dual blade. 
The Naruto run weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried several of them at the beginning. I tried the dual blade. Um, I think I, I, I played around with a few of them, but I don't really remember that well. But the one that I really stuck with was the insect blade. In, which I think is one of the hardest weapons to use. It is not. Yeah. It's oh. probably in the middle to upper mm. two thirds. Like I wish someone weird, would have told like, me that. It is the coolest weapon. It it's probably the coolest because you can jump. <coughs> yeah, and you can fly the, the vault. The, air. the vault thing of, of that three step combo of doing the vault, doing the flip in the air, and, and then, then coming the down, jumps. landing. Uh, yeah. and You're pretty much a thing. Jedi. Yeah, you like fly through <laughs> the air with like a giant staff like blades that. on it. I liked powered Jedi. It had a nice. It was. It was. What I liked about it was that it gave you enough distance to feel almost like a ranged weapon. Which it's definitely I, you know, the best at closing distances. Yeah. And, and for mounting monsters, too. I was not very good at that, but <laughs> it happened accidentally a few times. And then I was like, whoa, I'm long for the ride. Um, but I am still trying to figure out, like I said earlier, how the whole Kinsec shooting person... I'll give you a lesson. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. I played Heavy Bowgun with the Wyvern Fire version. Almost exclusive. Uh, I played the, a couple of what's them. What's the why? It's, it's the inner Rambo in me loves oh, just like unloading oh, the gap with a gun. Right, yeah. 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 It's not as good as the, the other mode, the Wyvern Snipe, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Mine was called Chain something. That was just yeah. the name of your in, your weapon. Oh. Chain. Something. So they, they have like special chain, abilities. At least some like, weapons do. Well, the Light Bowguns are all the same. Chain. Okay. Yeah. The heavy bow guns have two different versions. You have like a minigun version. I, I did customize mine. I had like a long barrel on it and some or some like there were some things you could right, It's so turn easy on. in this game to find a playstyle that works for you because even if like so you pick a weapon that you like, then you can do stuff like that with it. You can make an armor set that makes you defensive or offensive mm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, those combinations of all that were really. But it's it's really just interesting to me now. I'm at the point now to where I can competently play with probably any of the weapons, but the gun lance is by by and far mm. my best. Um, but yeah, so there's some of them that like the charge blade, which are really technical and incredibly difficult to play. Which one was that? Charge blade. Or like what? What describe it? It's got a sword and shield, but you can also oh, put yeah. the shield on the end of the sword and make it an axe. <laughs> right. So it's got like yeah. two different I, modes. I didn't do that one. Yeah, um, obviously. As you would. But then there's the switch axe, which is an starts as an axe and then can turn into a sword. <laughs> yeah, different you probably weapons. confuse them. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Hang on now. <laughs> You're like, which was it first? Was it a sword first? All right. Um, so Olivia, this is the season where we pick the games that we love that most influenced us, sort of, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of games. So what elements of Monster Hunter are sort of... No. Maybe that would have been a better question. But what's like the core hook for you with Monster Hunter? Like, why did you pick it? I honestly think we probably talked about it already. I I remember like being absolutely amazed when I first picked up this game from the video rental store and it absolutely exploded my brain. Um, but I couldn't play it very much because you had to have a online adapter for PlayStation 2, which I don't know if anybody had any of those, so <laughs> not, I certainly did not. Not in our small town. No, so I, um, and I, you, I mean, I played it, I played it on the PSP probably an unhealthily amount. I remember the PSP only had one joystick, 
And so to control the camera, I learned how to hold the PSP like this so that I could use my index finger and on the D-pad to use the camera. Uh, I only played that game on the PSP. It's the only reason I had it. <laughs> and so I've just I played it forever, and there's just something about the that core loop that just... And I just... I feel rewarded for the more that I play it. Like, the more... It's it's there's a lot of games that people get really into and know every detail about. Usually MMOs and, and other mm -hmm. multiplayer games are, are like that just because they reward getting to the end game and being able to do all the content. But this is one that I just I just I just love it. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Every one of the games has added it it's essentially taking the same formula and just continues to get better and better. Mm -hmm. Um with as the technology grows, you know, can yeah. actually show the monster AI better and stuff. One thing that you've mentioned to us before outside of this podcast that you that we haven't talked about at all tonight is you've talked a lot about the community and the yeah. how much you just love all of that. So yeah, I was going to talk more. about that a little bit because, Joe, you mentioned that... Because I really feel like that this is a game that... Um, you can play it solo, but it really, really, really benefits for playing it with other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that it's hard to send that SOS flare out and worry that people joining you are going to get mad at you and, uh, you know, the, oh, why aren't you doing anything good? But I've had absolutely nothing but positive experiences, even when I am that person that carts three times and we go back. Like, I've had so many times when I've done that, and then I reposted the quest, but then the same person joins me again just, just because they know that I'm having trouble with nice. it. And there's never, other than in a few instances, like there's never really an attitude of you messed this up or you weren't good enough. Like there's definitely, it's definitely a really positive. Nice. Which I mean, with a game like, I mean. It's, it's not like Overwatch. It's not like sense. Overwatch, yeah. <laughs> well, because I don't know if it's because it's cooperative only, but I mean, then you're still relying on those people to sort of help get you through it because, um, so I don't know if you knew that, that so you have three lives on a mission, um, but they're shared. It's not like each person gets three oh, lives. <laughs> there are only three lives total. Yeah. Um, which is sometimes a point of contention, but... Um, but, I mean, it, it makes you work together. It does. Right? It like, really does. It makes you... You can't just be like, oh, well, he's... No, that's no. a really no. interesting mechanic. I mean, like I, like, I love going to low-level quests and just helping people on the story missions that they get that are hard, that I know are difficult because I struggled with them or because Tanner struggled with them, more than likely. Yeah. I, struggle. Yeah. I don't struggle with anything <laughs> in this game because I'm just so, so good like, at it. You okay. like helping people who are like Tanner? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's our whole relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just go out and look for people. I'm like, hey, you look like you're having trouble. I will help. I know that look. But Tanner does. But just yeah. because... Stuff like I am, you know, I know enough about the game that I can uh, use a health, like a, there's health items that will heal everybody and I'll carry sure. those. And, or a war horn. Or, yeah, like, like I did with you. <laughs> I brought the buff weapon. Buff horn. Uh, and then I accidentally ruined Hunting the quest horn. for you. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> We're supposed to capture the monster. And I got but carried old, away. <laughs> old choppy Mc, uh, McSlicing dice over here. McSlicing <laughs> dice. <laughs> she Pokey comes lance. down with like a double flip, <laughs> skewers it right through the head. And then she's like, oh Oops. no, I don't know my own strength. <laughs> so as somebody with a tremendous amount of social anxiety, I also appreciate that the game is not exclusively designed to be played multiplayer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you've said at a certain level it's pretty necessary it's, like, uh, in terms of difficulty. There, the difficulty does ramp up enough to where it is 
nigh impossible to do it solo just because they have so much health that one person can't get through it. There's an ample amount of content prior to that point. Uh, So even even though I know it's the intended play experience. You don't uh, have to. And a lot of people yeah. don't. I, I was worried going into it because when I had heard you talk about the community, I, 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 I thought that it was more necessary than it was. And I, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I was, especially not early on, I want to get the feel for the game before I go joining other people. And That's even in multiplayer fair. games that I do play, like uh, Elder Scrolls Online, I spend most of that time by myself exploring and doing my own thing in the middle of nowhere. But it's still nice to know that if you encounter a wall, like if you yeah. this monster mm-hmm. is just killing you over and over again, you don't know what you're doing wrong, if there's some strategy you're missing or some item you're missing, it's, it's nice to know that the option is there for you to send up a flare and then people will come and then you can sort of watch what they're doing, and then but then they'll also just help you out. Especially when they're higher level players, they'll probably have extra healing items and lots of traps and all kinds of fun stuff and it's... It's it's a rewarding thing to be able to to do that without it feeling like the, it definitely rewards it rather than makes you feel inadequate for needing the help. If right. that makes sense, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it also scales up the difficulty per the number of people in it. They'll mm. they will have more health and they'll have, do more damage and stuff depending on the number of people. So, but it does make a big difference, right? To have. One other person distracting the monster. Really? That's like the just thing. Just one other person who's like, even if that person just running around. It's still helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then you're just not the sole target, right? Uh-huh. And that's why I think the inclusion of the Palicos is a really smart idea. Yeah, because they, they help some. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> My Palico frequently told me that he needed to go restore himself because he <laughs> had been mangled to the point of death. But... That's just because I wasn't very good. My trademark strategy is, all right, run that way, Calico, and I'll shoot him with the big gun, but just yep. keep running in circles. Well, I mean, because they... Get out of the way! They even let you Serpentine. customize the Palico, which is helpful for people that want to yeah. play it solo, because yeah. you can do stuff like you can change their their equipment and have it to where, like, like you probably use the one that... The Shield Spire, which lets them distract the monster, and they will have a little tank that they'll drive around and um and then I you can also have them that sounds like my yeah. style. you can also they'll also can heal you and they can buff you and do other stuff yeah totally steal items Palico equipment is the best the tank's like made of like giant acorns that is super fun yeah. all right well is it time for closing thoughts i think so all yes. right who first robbie uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and in fact, I want to play more of it, and I will probably, whatever the next Monster Hunter that comes out on the Switch, um, I will probably do it. When this came out on the Switch? When it just came out? <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's not as good as the world. So pick it up on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It, it is, it is now up there in my favorite, uh, game play. after a little ramp up time i had loads of fun i learned that i actually like playing video games with friends (laughs) (laughs) character development (laughs) which i didn't think i did but now i know i do um and so the highlights for me were for were live multiplayer with someone i know and uh and just the overall kind of ai environmental experience of the of the hunt for me, was super enjoyable. I really, I love that. I would do it again. 
I, I, I feel a lot of the same way. I think there's so much more still to explore in this, and but it's uh, not... I, it doesn't feel urgent. It feels like something I can explore and take my time with, which I really appreciate. And I can definitely see myself going back to this game and picking it up. And, and then, uh, you know, doing where I play it for a month, a whole lot, and really get into it, and then putting it away for a while, and then coming back and trying something, like, in a completely different way. Uh, I, could, I, I The whole time I was playing it, I was thinking, yeah, this is one that I'm going to keep on the keep on the keep uh, my little game shelf uh, uh, for, to frequently come back to. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, I have about 80 hours in it, which, um, both compared to Olivia and just <laughs> in terms of how the game presents itself, feels like almost nothing at all. Like, I made it through the main quest, but there's still tons of content. Barely. Barely. Barely <laughs> in 80 hours. No, that, that was just to say, like, how much, how long yeah. the main quest just is. Just to That's remind everyone. Right. Yeah. No, Taylor barely made it through. <laughs> went that way. No, Olivia's right. There's, there's like, that's not like, oh, I beat the game at like 50 hours and I've been, you know, messing around for 30. No, it's like one of the last things I did was beat the sort of final uh, Elder Dragon. Um, there's just a tremendous amount, and this is true of every game, but a tremendous amount of thought that went into almost every aspect of the design. Uh, and they've got almost two decades now, probably. When did the first game come out? In the Thank 90s? I'm actually not sure. I'll look it up while you continue. They've got a while. They've had, you know, <laughs> a whole franchise building on itself. And I think that that shows. I haven't played very much of the earlier games. Uh, but I don't think that Monster Hunter Worlds would be Capcom's best-selling game to date if that wasn't the case. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was a popular franchise prior to this point, but not not that big. Right. 2004. Uh, 2004. So not as long as I thought. 15 years. 15 years. But... Barely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I absolutely recommend it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great game. Our turn? Your turn. Okay, everyone here knows I'm really biased. Um, but <laughs> That's the point of this season. It is yeah. definitely the point of this season. I am so happy that you guys... I was really nervous about picking it because I knew that it was a game that was hard to get into. There's definitely a learning curve, a very large learning curve, but I... F- was pretty confident that the game did a pretty good job of easing you into it with the easy monsters at first and just the way it presents all the information. Um, and yeah, I mean, Monster Hunter has always meant a whole lot to me. I don't know what it is about it, really. Like, I can explain it in terms of the game loop, but um, I just, I feel like I, so I'm probably approaching or over 500 hours in the game. Wow. And I still feel like there's stuff, there's so much that I still haven't done. Like, in the DLC, but also just in the main game. And there's just... Um, it's a game that is really hard for me to put down. Probably dangerously <laughs> and unhealthily. So. Playing it regularly for almost two years now. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten a couple month breaks here and there, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness um, for those timers. <laughs> yeah. Breaks. Oh, exit points. Those exit points. <laughs> um. I don't know if I paid attention to them yesterday when I was playing the game, but you know. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for playing it, and I'm looking forward to what we're playing next month, which so, is... Next month, uh, I get to choose the game, and I've chose chosen a game series that means a whole lot to me. Uh, Pokemon, the main RPG game series, uh, and we're going to do something slightly different. We're just going to go ahead and all pick whatever game we want from the entire main series the game has been the series has been around for over 20 years 
So if you're playing along, you can play red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, crystal, Purple, pearl, platinum. diamond, or platinum. Uh, hold on. Sun, moon? The, no, no, no. So there's X and Y, black and white, <laughs> black and white too. I already said X and Y. Uh, there's also... Um, Oh, there was not. There was not one for that one. Um, uh, there's Omega Ruby and Omega Sapphire. Heart gold. We already said those. Oh. <laughs> uh, sun and Moon or Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Um, and, and if we left any out, I'm sure yeah, you're going to sure, tell I'm us. I'm sure we'll forget. So, or... and so the idea <laughs> is, we'll just the, a lot of the core of the games are are the same. There's just lots of little ancillary things, and I think it would be fun to talk about those. So that's what we'll do for this month. Awesome. Looking forward to that. All right, so <laughs> I guess that's uh, wrapping up this this month of uh, September. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, our music, which is playing below us now, is by Kevin McLeod. It's called Plain Loafer. Um, check us out online. Check us out on Facebook. If you played along with this, please uh, uh, talk to us on Facebook about it or in the comments down below here on our website. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Yeah. <laughs>